Hello, I'm Jordan Rich, and welcome to Dyslexics Wanted, a podcast celebrating the unique strengths and creativity, so often the hallmark of people with dyslexia. We invite you to learn more at the Web Innovation Center for Dyslexia website, WICD.org. There you'll find the latest information about a film we're producing called Decoders, a cutting-edge documentary that objectively and fearlessly explores fundamental questions about how we learn. And if you'd like to help support the making of this film, you can find out how at WICD.org. Today on Dyslexics Wanted, a conversation with pilot and aerial photographer Alex McLean. Trained as an architect, he's flown his plane over much of the USA and the world, documenting landscapes. His photographs have been on exhibit all over the planet, and he's written several popular books, including Above and Beyond, Visualizing Change in Small Towns and Rural Areas, Look at the Land, Aerial Reflections of America, and Visualizing Density, to name but a few. Alex is a success story and is sharing today how dyslexia affected his life as a youngster and how it has played a role in his current success. Alex, the fact that we have you on this podcast, that we've stopped you long enough to get out of the plane <laughs> and stop flying around the world, I, I really appreciate you being here. We'll start with that. Well, I'm glad, to, I'm glad to talk with you. Your work is amazing, and it's renowned throughout the world. We want to focus a little bit on the dyslexia in your life and how it affected you as a youngster and, and perhaps what it meant in terms of your career and how it broadened your your outlook and so forth. Take us back to your youth. I mean, it's a few years ago. And, and how did dyslexia present itself? I started having trouble in school probably, I would say, going back almost to kindergarten when we started doing reading exercises. And I just had so much difficulty getting out of the gate, so to speak. Uh, and I can remember my frustration with it and also, you know, feeling like I was falling behind my classmates or schoolmates at the time. Did anyone intervene at an early age from, let's say, the teacher's standpoint, or were there any experts who knew enough about dyslexia to sort of diagnose you? And when were you diagnosed with it? I was very fortunate because I was diagnosed pretty fairly young especially for the time period, which is back in the uh, early 50s, 1950s, in that I grew up in New Haven, Connecticut, and my father was teaching at Yale. Uh, he was a neurophysiologist, and uh, there was the Gazelle Institute in New Haven that was actually just sort of uh, learning and uh, recognizing dyslexia as a you know, reading disability, mm. uh, word type of uh, dysfunction right. of, of sorts that people were experiencing. So I got uh, picked up very early as uh, being dyslexic because I had gone there for, uh, they were looking at um, development behavior of uh, children. And it wasn't really in regards to dyslexia that I went there. It was just sort of a, a study of children at the time. And they picked it up that I I was dyslexic. Yeah, you talk about frustration, and frustration at an early age can lead to behavior issues. Were you a, a child who had trouble with authority, or did you did you fight back, or were, what what was going through your mind, if you recall? Oh. I, I had frustrations, and I mean, one of the, one of the typical things that's really hard is that you can't help but sort of feel dumb. 
And I knew it wasn't really dumb. <laughs> For some reason, I couldn't do these sort of basic things that other people could do. And uh, I think I had some behavioral problems. I can remember I was sort of became a playground bully, uh, maybe that lasted for about a year or or two uh, of sorts. At least I was trying to, you know, make up for it on the playground in one way or the other. Later in life, I really excelled in sports, and a lot of that was in part is, you know, an outlet. You have, of course, as a resume, one of the most impressive looks at the world from your camera lens as a pilot. So I'd I'd love to ask, first of all, where did the photography and the love for taking pictures come from? Was it a family trait? Did people in the family like to take photographs? No, not really. My, you know, my father very uh, early on, uh, did buy a Leica camera, which was kind of interesting to me at the time. But um, I, and he was also a painter, and he was kind of visually oriented uh, that way. But um, we traveled. Uh, he took a sabbatical from Yale in 1956, and uh, we traveled in Europe for a year. And I had gotten a brownie camera. Uh, you know, it was a plastic shell. That, oh, yeah. Uh, clipped together and I would take pictures of the landscape back then in uh, Europe which was at the time in the 50s post-war uh, there was still a, you know a peasant society and uh, a bit in the rural areas and I was really interested in uh, landscapes I can remember back then. It's interesting uh, so much research and we've done it here on the podcast and elsewhere uh, into the talents and skill sets of people with dyslexia and so many people are drawn to art and uh, and music and in this case visual art and visual photography which is breathtaking why do you think that is oh i think it's a very alternative way of self-expression other than you know uh, through the written and spoken word and uh you know i think i, I was sort of uh in that sense visually oriented uh, one of the things that they say about dyslexics or uh, that I've heard and that, that was tested for at MIT is that uh, we have a very wide uh, field of vision and that we can capture things mm-hmm. very quickly and maybe might be part of our problem that we're just seeing and processing so much uh, that it's hard to get it all straight. That was one theory I heard. Yeah. From, well, it may uh, be a problem. MIT it- <laughs> I was going to say, it may be a problem for some, but it turns out to be a boon in the work you do. And, and describe, again, I said it in the intro, but describe what it is you do. It's so kind of unique in terms of photography. You're in an airplane looking down, for the most part, on things at a, on a yeah. very wide scale. Tell us more about that. Well, I just had to fly uh, when I was in uh, architecture school, and I was interested in looking at landscapes on a larger scale for reasons of site analysis and planning and being able to see these larger patterns. So uh, uh, after learning how to fly, and one of the reasons I was interested in flying was to be able to get this uh, larger perspective on landscape. And so I basically, you know, fly planes uh, starting back in the uh, mid-70s and photograph landscapes uh, for that reason. And then I, I did it also as a, a way of... Uh, um, commentary on uh, the way mm. we live in our culture and uh, natural landforms and a way of exploring and uh, 
being able to share uh, these views with other people. So it's a very, uh, it's been a very satisfying way of looking and expressing ideas for myself. Right. Just just a few other questions and comments. And one of them is, I've got a few friends who are pilots, and I know the the amount of training and study that is involved, I mean, it's, it's intense and, and even keep your license up to date and so forth. And here you are, an architect, a pilot, a brilliant photographer. And when you were a, a kid, a small child, you know, you had that struggle reading because of dyslexia. Just a comment from you on, on what people with dyslexia can achieve based on your own experience and how there are ways and workarounds that are really effective that make for a great career. Oh, well, I think that is part of the training you get as a dyslexic because you often come up to roadblocks. Uh, that you have to do, as you just mentioned, uh, workarounds. And so I think I think a lot of creative, creativity comes about this uh, having to look at things from a different point of view or find different solutions to uh, uh, problems that you're facing. And so I think that is one of the things that is really helpful is to have that kind of flexibility and being able to... Uh, uh, look at things from different angles uh, to be able to solve your problem. And, mm. uh, one of the classic things was writing blue book exams in college, which was new to me, uh, was being writing along a sentence and then realizing you didn't know how to spell a word. So you'd have to sort of rethink the uh, what other word you might use that you knew how to spell. To, <laughs> that <laughs> bolsters so, vocabulary. Fill the, <laughs> yeah, fill, the, fill the sentence, but that's... You know, those are the constant things that you're uh, sort of uh, dealing with. Well, your reputation and your resume speaks for itself, no question. And I think you've been an inspiration to people who don't know anything about your dyslexia. But for the purposes of our podcast, you're you're illustrating a life well-lived. And, and boy, you're just getting started. How many books have you actually written? I didn't list them all. Do you know? Uh, well, I can't say as I've written all of them, but uh, I've, I have done 11 books, and I've been uh, you know, the primary photographer for uh, a good number of other books. Um, but yeah, the books, the book projects are fun. been really satisfying to have these books behind you, let hopefully me, in front of you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And let me just suggest, yeah. people, if you're listening to the podcast and enjoying it as much as I am, go to alexmclean, M-A-C-L-E-A-N.com. For just a taste of what he does, you talk about dyslexics coming up with a new way of learning and getting through the learning process. I think what you do is a new way of looking at ourselves on this planet. So thank you very much for continuing to do that. It's it's breathtaking. I feel so fortunate to have uh, sort of had this career path uh, over a long period of time, 40 years now. Things are definitely looking up when, when we talk to Alex McLean. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. And uh, all we can say is continued success and, and have fun while you're doing it. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Jordan. Thank you for listening to Dyslexics Wanted. Feel free to contact us here at our website, wicd.org. And there you'll learn more about how you can support the documentary film Decoders, which is currently in production. We welcome guest or topic suggestions for this podcast. Dyslexics Wanted is available on all major platforms, including Apple, and is a production of the Web Innovation Center for Dyslexia. I'm Jordan Rich, wishing you a great day.